I like when you're a performer, you can call your personal flaws part of your aesthetic. Yeah, it's part of my, it's part of my brand. <laughs> it's my style. Yeah, you know. That's what they tried to do with Jeffrey Tambor. They were like, well, you know, you wouldn't have gotten those great performances if you didn't act like a dick now and then. Do you want a water as well? Didn't you mention that? Coffee has water in it. I'm fine. All right, cool. Welcome to Frame Rate. Why don't we go around the horn and see who's here? Today we're seated around a horn for Frame Rate, yeah, the show where yeah. we rate frames. We bought a podcast horn. A podcast, a casting yeah. horn. <laughs> a casting horn. Uh, I'm Abe Epperson. I'm one of your co-hosts. Michael Swain. And joining us... Tom Ryman. Much to our delight. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Welcome back, or have you only done one upsmanship? I've only done one upsmanship okay. and Tales from the and Pit. And Tales, because yeah. I know, but I know we talked Last of Us. We did. But we screw talked, that. Yeah. This is, today, fra- well, this is frame rate, where this we rate frames. Where we rate frames. And today, yeah. the particular frames we rate are, let me load my notes, well, it's Beetlejuice, which I should, I already said it once, so we can only say it one more time in the course it, of the podcast. Well, I think it doesn't... As long as there's words in between them, I think you're fine. Oh, Like, you okay. have to do it three times in succession. So, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, motherfucking Beetlejuice yeah. would be like a fine rap hook. I think so. It wouldn't sound I the think so. Oh, hi, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. 1988, uh, obviously a big movie for in Tim Burton's career. We yep. got Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin, Michael Keaton as the titular Beetlegesa, and Winona Ryder. Was this introducing Winona Ryder? Uh, I don't know. It was. I think it was her first big movie. I don't know if this was her first okay. film. Well, we're not sure. Yeah, but uh, I assume we've all watched it growing up. Is that accurate? Oh yeah. I. That's actually where I was starting with. Is, oh yeah. This is my first viewing of it. Okay. This is for a some reason. Opportunity. I think. You never saw just, Beetlejuice. Well. I never saw Beetlejuice, and it was just a pop culture blind spot because there's everything. There's so many reasons why I would have. Okay. But for some reason, I never did. Because I, I know you had a TV blind spot because you didn't have TV, but you <clears> saw <throat> movies growing up, right? Yeah. Huh. Like, your dad has one of the biggest theaters I've ever seen yeah. in a private home. Yeah. yeah. We're big <laughs> film buffs, yeah. the Eppersons. So, I think then we got to start with you. Like, as a person who's never seen Beetlejuice before, synopsize, A, what is this movie about? Like, elevator pitch me. Right. And thoughts. Who's someone who has no childhood baggage attached to this? So the story goes that <laughs> uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are madly in love and just very boring, um, and they die. <laughs> the end. And then, uh, pretty then much, they, getting acclimated to death. They the rules are that you can't leave the house, and if you do, you go to Saturn. Is that right? Yeah, you get teleported to Saturn, <laughs> which has sandworms. So here's the thing: I assume then that you've never seen the Beetlejuice cartoon show. Also, no, right? I didn't even know that existed. Tom, uh, I, a little bit, but I wasn't into it. The one I just gotta give it a shout out because the thing that was great about the cartoon is it took place in almost entirely in the nether realm and completely built out the rules of the nether realm and the sandworms mm-hmm. and how Beetlejuice functions mm-hmm. and like how. In the nether realm, he's basically a hobo. Like, he's considered a, a hobo by oh, the I standards. Oh, I got that. He's like a Zoidberg of hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I, I feel like I got that part. But in this, I was surprised how little you see it. You see a shot of where Beetlejuice lives, which is very unclear. He's in... Do you guys remember when he's he reads the, the newspaper... He's in like what a cardboard box with coins scattered around. It's yeah, yeah. He's he's inside oh, that was the his model. House? Yeah. Oh, he's in the model. He's in the model. So we never see him at home. No. Okay. Okay. And then when we actually see the nether realm, 
as Abe alluded to, it's just some poorly green screen dunes, purple sky, right. and these sandworms that come out and eat you. Well, the nether, you also see the nether realm as like that Brazil-esque, uh, just really, yeah. uh, I'm forgetting the word for it. Uh, DMV might be yeah, what you're fishing it's, for. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a waiting Bu- room. Bureaucratic. But, yeah, the bureaucracy. The, the yeah, bureaucracy of being dead. Yeah. That sequence, I thought, actually was a sequence that still stands up really well. I like it all. I mean, you like it all. Okay. I didn't rewatch it for this podcast, but I've seen it so many times that yeah, I, can recall I, most I liked of it. it. And I'm my big takeaway is Michael Keaton mm-hmm. is so good in it. So he, good. Yeah, he's yeah. great. So good. Nice fucking model. Aren't <laughs> dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he that's just where is, I learned the f word was this movie. I remember that being one of the very first <clears throat> f bombs I was ever allowed to hear. Yeah, my freaking ears. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, my parents <laughs> oh were like, you should watch this movie. So this is, came out when I was living in Germany still. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get too many movies. You had to order them by tape or whatever. And this is one of the ones we had on tape. For some reason, my mom and dad were like, you kids will enjoy this. And they were right. I don't understand why. Why but they allowed <laughs> it? Like, That's such a, this when is, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was. Just, this is a movie that I mean, we started with Abe trying to synopsize it. This is a movie that sort of defies classification. It's like what the yeah, hell is no, this movie? It's like a it's a fun little romp yeah. that just dances around just nonsense, which is kind of my favorite version of Burton. Now, yeah, it's what I think Burton actually does well, and are the most delightful Burton exercises. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, when I rented it on Amazon. Yeah. Having not seen it for like 10 years, but remembering it fondly, I didn't think anything of it being categorized. It's in the kids section. It's in the children's section of Amazon. That's weird. And I watched it and I'm like, yeah, I remember watching this when I was fairly young. And then some of the stuff that like shoving your hand through the back of your skull to make yourself a chicken face and your eyes are on your fingers. I'm like, who sat around? How did he get away with this? And I think Nightmare Before Christmas, obviously, is the other everyone's favorite other Burton. I also think it is... And it's like, man, when he slips in children's stories that should not be allowed to be released, that's my favorite Burton. Yeah. I also think that this has more in common with Big Fish than feels like it because it's just... It's like... It reads like a tall tale. It's just like a very uh, sporadic and just, you know, kind of improvisational story. There is a lot of folklore to it it yeah. seems i think fables right it totally seems like a fable yeah i will say the reason i hinted at this but i'll say it to you squarely now my friend tom do it i didn't like it as much as i remembered as a kid really and it's because i agree with abe completely first of all i'm in love with gina davis like forever in anything i see her in mm-hmm. but gina davis and alec baldwin are the most boring characters in this uh, I enjoyed seeing Jeffrey Jones, the pedophile, yeah. sitting in his office doing bits more than their, like... <laughs> this bird-watching bit yeah. Yeah. is fucking funny and it shouldn't be. It is. <laughs> just but him watching why birds. Why is he married to... This, why is he, is he married to Catherine How O'Hara? How relationship No happen? idea. Also, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, she's I great. I mean, you can't top yeah. the casting in this, but... Uh, Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They don't have enough jokes. And I forgot that like 75% of the time you're with the identity characters who are just normal ghosts being bewildered. And then in the third act, they start to acclimate and be like, we can do ghost shit too and be ghosty. As a kid, I just remember, I'm like, 
don't they like ride sandworm? Like I mix it up with Dune and stuff, you know. I'm like, she rides a sandworm at the end. Does she? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, she does. She does. Um, but I remembered, I think, because of the cartoon, there being long sections of Beetlejuice showing how his world works and all this stuff. And he's barely and in it. No, that's it, not true. Yeah. And Beetle. I think you're putting the TV show. It's weird it. that it's called Beetlejuice. I realize in retrospect. Right, because he's in the movie. We were talking about this before you showed up. He's in the movie for I think like nine minutes. Wow. Like total screen time. He's not. He's barely in the film. <laughs> and it's. Did you notice that he is? credited as the correct spelling of Beetlejuice, the yeah. star. The he appears in 17.5 minutes. Okay. Seven, okay, so it's more than that. But the yeah. movie's title is Beetlejuice, like the juice of a beetle. And I'm wondering, right. I wonder two things. I wonder, first of all, if they watched a screening of this movie at some point and went, well, we have to call it Beetlejuice because this minor Michael Keaton character just blew everyone out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also wonder if uh, they did the spelling that way because some executive was like, no one's going to know how to pronounce bet, your movie. I bet that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks. But I like that they make a recurring I joke where Alec Baldwin can't pronounce can't pr- it. Nobody can pronounce it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it also, that reminds me of one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing, which is when he's trying to get one on a writer to say his, his name. name, but he can't say it, which is stupid rules. So if he can go, so he does the shreds and he goes, Look over there. And then it's just, a it's big just beetle. A him as a beetle. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and then he drinks a glass of orange juice. And he, he, he makes one. It, he just shows Float. it in the air. Yeah. Yeah, beetle drink. Beetle <laughs> breakfast. Beetle breakfast. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't understand I just your love sign. someone who plays shades and he says, look over there. Like, hey, <laughs> okay, it's him at, again. At first he's trying to like beetle. mime, turn around. And it's... Which, Look over there. Yeah. Couldn't he have turned himself into a sign that reads the word say Beetlejuice? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like it's so... I don't know. What are the rules here? Because the charades game is, like, already breaking the rules of charades. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, say I think... my name three times to hire me. I'll do anything for your business. I'll chew on the dog. <laughs> I'll chew, chew on... That's got to be an ad lib. But I love... In his cowboy commercial, he offers yeah. to chew on your dog. Yeah. You need that done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that ad uh, on TV is one of the greatest. Just like that's where we truly get acclimated to him because it's like the first time we see first his face. First time we see him, yeah. Yeah, it's not over the shoulder shot. He's of, not mysterious anymore. Yeah, and it's just a, such a good way to get you to know what he's all about mm-hmm. and his like kind of slapstick, you know, just randomness is just delightful. Let's talk about that DMV sequence. Uh, the first time they go there? Yeah, I do think a lot of people remember that sequence. And uh, I just loved, I guess because of the level of practical effects in that oh, yeah. sequence, just destroys me. And it struck me this time as like a Simpsons background where I didn't realize you can tell exactly how every single person in the DMV died, yeah. including the, if you kill yourself, you have to work at the DMV. See, I thought she was like a fairy at first because her skin is blue. Yeah, I thought she was just like a demon. Mm-mm. Like something incarnate from the, yeah. oh, and the guy who got run over. Guy got run over, yep. Such Goes a great bit. <laughs> Feel a little flat. Yeah. <laughs> and the shrunken head yeah. guy is one of my... F- that, that one, bit is so I think good. I've seen screenshots because... Yeah, I like saw it and I was like, "That this is where it's from." Yeah, because I've seen that. It's like I don't know why. What's surprising to me is how, as a kid, because I was a kid who worried about the afterlife and death, mm-hmm. and I can't believe I wasn't 
terrified thinking of like this is one of the most awful afterlives depicted ever. Yeah. It's worse than most horror movies. <laughs> yeah. The original script was a horror film, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's uh I I read this fact doing research. Mm-hmm. Uh Beetlejuice was a winged reptilian demon who transforms into a small Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the Dietzes. Uh Lydia was a minor character, uh, and it's just, there's so much difference from the first draft to what this came up of, Mm -hmm. or came into, uh, that it's like almost, they're in this, other than the idea that there's like a haunting involved Uh with this guy called Beetlejuice. Yeah. That's it. Like, well, I like, and some names. It seems like what they changed is you don't know he's the main villain, like, it sounds like in the original script, you knew he was the main villain the whole time because he's mm-hmm. like a goddamn mo- beetle yeah, monster. Fucking dragon. And I guess he's Middle Eastern, which in the 80s was code for we don't like this guy. Right. Right. <laughs> also, I want to point out that it included sequences where he mauls Kathy in the form of a rabbit squirrel. Mm-hmm. And he tries to rape Lydia. <gasps> oh, shit. So it was okay, like, we got to take a break for no was, advertisement because I just got to take a shower. Yeah, we'll right. It was not a comedy. Who who wrote it? Um, not Tim Burton. I noted that in the credits. The name of the person who did the story by and screenplay. Mm-hmm. There's multiple people, but the one that wrote the first draft was Michael McDowell. Was hmm. the name of the writer? Don't know him. Yeah. As, as Stephen King said, at, quote, the finest writer of paperback originals in America today. So, and uh, he's most well-known for Beetlejuice. So. Have you guys noticed that Stephen King, will any horror or sci-fi writer has a blurb on the back of their book where Stephen King says, they're the new me. This kid is the yeah. best. He he's given that crown to many young authors. He likes to authors. endorse that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, the original script was called House Ghosts. And uh, it's a at terrible title. One point, Tim Burton suggested the name "Scared Sheetless" and was horrified when the studio considered switching it to "Scared Sheetless." <laughs> Scared Sheetless. Yeah. Oh, it's like man overboard. Yeah. Bad. But yeah, I just I think all the movies that you would lump it in with from this era that are comedies of this genre don't have nearly as ambitious the practical effects, and that's what really gets me, especially the. Uh, the dance sequence that I mm-hmm. think everyone remembers very Harry fondly. Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Well, that I realized this time also the opening sequence is Deo slowed down until yeah. it sounds yeah. creepy, which is genius. And they use at least three Harry Belafonte songs throughout. Uh-huh. So I love, it was both cost effective and gives this like sense of continuity. Right. Speaking of the music, goddamn. Elfman. This this is one of his best scores. Early it's stellar Danny Alfred. It's yeah. real good. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, it's real so good. good. It it does it feels like Royal Tannenbaums, where a guy who's gonna have one particular style that overwhelms is working with all the people who totally get it what he's uh, doing. I felt like. Yeah, no. They uh there's such a strong collaboration between Burton and and Danny Elfman, Elfman. they're and like this, perfectly and his seated. art directors like whoever's doing all the yeah because it's not Selick at this point but like uh, even uh, what's her name not Lydia but Cynthia Cynthia's uh, freaky statues and stuff there's just so much yeah. love put into the point where Delia Delia I'm sorry you can tell that 
at one point, which he has, that, and which he would go on to do, that he's into stop motion, he's into claymation. I yeah, mean, the sandworms are straight up claymation. Yeah, the some of the sequences where they, like when he stretches his face out, the chicken face, and Gina Davis turns her face to a crocodile face. That's some stop motion. And yeah, the statues move in stop motion. Um, I know he draws all this stuff beforehand. Himself, the, Burton? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he, you can, if you read uh, Burton on Burton, he includes a lot of his like pre-production sketches. Um, and he sketched out that Beetlejuice when he shows up at the end and kills Robert Goulet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he draws a little Jack Skellington on his, on his hat. Oh. Because he had already created those characters at this point. So you can see that in the film that in the finished film, Jack Skellington, he's got a Jack Skellington on so his Beetlejuice head. So yeah. Beetlejuice himself is like a hot topic, Tim Burton mm-hmm. fan kid. Yeah. Who's like, I want a Jack Skellington hat. Nice. Do you guys know why um, <clears throat> Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice? Is there Okay, you're getting close with the... You got an is in there, but be careful. Why? Uh, I thought it was interesting. The, so it was going to be explained in the film that he hanged himself mm-hmm. uh, incompetently and very painfully <laughs> uh, due to heartbreak. Weird. That's Isn't a weird that direction to go with weird that character. Thing? Yeah. Because they, they indicate... Like they they meet their caseworker Juno, mm-hmm. and she's like he used to be my assistant, but he's yeah. like crazy. Um, and then when you first see him, he's wearing like old timey clothes, right. and he looks like he died of a plague. Well, Burton said when he or, discussed it with Keaton the, and the costume designer, they said they wanted him to seem like he was from. You couldn't identify what time period he died in. Yeah, which is also why. They have him wear like a cowboy outfit yeah, and a tux. He wears, yeah. You can never figure out like when did he right. die and what did he die of? I we shop at the same store. Hey, we shop at the same store. <laughs> I assume, that's a great bit. I assume drowning because of his skin tone. But Maybe. I, but I think it's supposed to be unclear. Right. I also think that when he, but like he is a chameleon in terms of his clothes and he's anything. But and changes shape physically. His normal, yeah. like when you think of normal His beetle, Beetlejuice suit. Yeah, yeah. it's. There's tones of like prisoners, mm-hmm. you know, because the black and white, you know, like, which I thought was interesting is that it's like he's in his own prison kind of thing. And that's what he chooses to wear. God, what if there's like, I don't want this, but like a really humanizing prequel, like a Better Call Saul for Beetlejuice, where his heart gets slowly broken and he hangs himself and he wakes up and you realize, Oh, he's been Beetlejuice the whole time. Right. This is the guy that's going to become Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, and uh, yeah, they kind of did that, but they cut it out also because the reason it was going to pay off is that, uh, and it is still in the film, uh, Beetlejuice is very surprised when Lydia says she wants to kill herself. And they had more lines where to the effect of he's like, no, don't do that. That's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, but he means because you'll be stuck working for Juno or someone like her, right? Right. I mean, that's what we infer, but also in this cut of the in movie, this, in this cut of the movie which makes sense still. Yeah. But I guess there's more like emotion and pain there originally. There might, right, where he was like, you don't trust me. You don't want to go down that road. Right. And they're like, Which eh, don't humanize been, Beetlejuice. But you know that Keaton would have made a meal of it. You know, he would be like, jokes, jokes, jokes. Ah, sometimes. It just makes you think. Yeah. Anyway, let's go do this. You I'm know? too old for this sh- right. sound coming out of this pipe. <laughs> yeah. Keaton, forever. Yeah. Love Keaton. Really Wish we could summon kill. him by saying his name right. three so times. Keaton, 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 and he would yeah. show up. Keaton, Keaton. Oh, Keaton. Diane Keaton. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what do I you would say that that the remnants of both the pro- the proposed Beetle monster rape and his broken heart are still paid off in the sense that yeah. his goal is to marry a human woman. Well, his goal is to get out, and he has to do that. To do that, he has to marry her for whatever reason. Those are the rules. I just realized she's underage, and he's she is. marrying her. She's a teenager. They don't say they have to consummate it with zombie sex for him to be free. But no. It's still not like a legal wedding. It's also can a dead guy marry underage kids in this state anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this takes place. Uh, Upstate California. Just Michael Bay has some words with you. Yeah, Yeah. just just, just go super close up of the Romeo and Juliet law. Michael Bay has some sweet shots to weigh in on the situation. Here's the the thing that has struck me for a while, and I know it's not it's not good uh, because. You know, she's underage Mm -hmm. and he's kind of like pressuring her into doing it. But then sort of like he does everything he said he was going to (laughs) do. Like He doesn't renege on the deal or like hired him to scare the humans away, which he tries to do. He tries to do. And then they don't do that. And then a giant snake. She's like (laughs) Lydia's like, if I let you out, will you help them? He's like, yeah, I'll help them. But you got to marry me so I get out of here. And she's like, all right, I'll do it. So he gets out and he fucking helps them like immediately. Yeah. He's like, all right, you're good. Now do what Now it's time for said. you're part of the deal. And they screw Beetlejuice They over. screw him over. <laughs> because, you know, he's, he's the a bad mo- guy. He's yeah, a bad like, guy. He's a monster. He's yeah. looking. He's trying to look up Forced Gina Davis's gets, skirt all yeah, the time. Yeah. He's, but I mean, like, he's, he's like, like creeping on this. What about girl? you? Like, and my teeth and the fact that I just have like oozing out of my body it makes you think that I'm like a good guy right because you're so goddamn endearing yeah Yeah. but also like do they ever touch on why that's his situation no because nowhere else in the movie does anyone have like a rule where they can get out of being dead if they do something I don't know Um, Abe mentioned I mean we 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 both have talked about it actually but like the sort of fable aspect mm-hmm. of it where there's like fairy tale rules to it he's like got, he's got Rumpelstiltskin rules and he's also got like the the marriage rule which is a pretty yeah. classic fairy tale rule so Beauty I, and the Beast rule yeah yeah I think it's yeah. just it's like fairy tale fable-ish kind of it falls into that category it's inexplicable but it's got, yeah it's that reason for and always has been sure yeah well that's that did feel as an adult with shrewder senses like the one cop out bit is when they is the device of the book that everyone oh, the handbook of the it, recently deceased the handbook for the recently deceased it tells you what you're supposed to do and what all the rules of the fable are but no one who reads it can understand it except Lydia occasionally whenever the plot needs us because to know a new rule she's sad <laughs> all the I think because she's peers at death because she's oh, a goth kid because she takes like photos I assume she was Tim Burton I find well she didn't really understand the book well. No, Otho's the one that steals it. That's true. Otho steals it and is able to do things with it. But there's a part, the very first time they try to use the book, he goes like, get a load of this. You know, transubstantiation thermodynamically affects you in the negative. From manifestation to manifestation. what am I supposed to do with that? And then later, uh, Lydia opens it and immediately tells them, we should do this next. And I forget the exact instance. but I don't remember that She only does that once. I made a note Mm -hmm. of it. I'll scroll and find it while other people are talking. But Uh, you're right. Otho, who's a great character in his own right. uh, Glenn Shadu, I think is how you Uh pronounce his name. Uh, Rest in paradise, uh, Delia's interior designer, who's here to remodel and basically destroy and rebuild the home and make it art deco. Next to Beetlejuice has the greatest character entrance in the film. He climbs into the window for no reason. 
and what like does he brings say? the curtain yeah. down. I forget it's what it's good he, luck. Yeah. But it's just he this, just brings the curtain he's this down. big man like, crawling through this and, <laughs> fucking, and it's a also calamity. for no reason yeah. like very well versed more than most in death in death yeah. like rituals even though he's just like oh no I didn't know that this would happen they're like how do you undo it uh, but yeah that's like, great when he's like they, I'm an interior designer they're and they're like there's time. also ghosts here and he's like alright here's what you do with yeah. ghosts I'm, <laughs> oh, he's still, I'm he, one of the leading paranormal activity people I think. I guess you're maybe supposed to get the impression that he's kind of like a hobbyist that dabbles in right. like spiritualism just because it's 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 vogue. Because he because he right. the point is is he winds up getting like twenty five percent of the book right. Like he does a certain thing, but he doesn't understand what it is, and he doesn't know how to stop what he's right. doing. Yeah. And the goal of the humans from New York City is to it's basically fairly odd parents' goal to prove that this the supernatural yeah. things exist. Yeah. So you can build like an amusement an park amusement here and rake yeah. in the dough. And, and it also, I mean, you could also chalk it up to just the fact that he stole the book, but you kind of get the feeling that he knew more than he leads on before he even got the book in his hand. And hands. I don't know if that's a deleted scene or just the performance that the actor chose to turn in, yeah. but I also was like... What is Otho up to? Yeah. What does Otho know? I like that. But it doesn't really go anywhere. Otho's ultimate defeat is just Beetlejuice does finger guns oh at God. him and he's in plaid or polyester. Nope, he's in a powder blue tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. Which is a huge fashion faux pas. <laughs> so like Beetlejuice and is dispatching screams. the humans and all this guy gets is, I can't be seen in this. I have to exit the film now. Right. He yeah. goes like, blam. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, is, it is weird that he decides to murder Robert Goulet and his wife. Right. But then just like throw him right through the ceiling. Right through the ceiling. With a strength tester. Then he's just yeah. like, well, I'm just going to tie up Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. I mean, and man, another really dose have... of cr- too creepy for kids. The Alec and Gina, when they are rotting bridal corpses, when they are corpse brides, it's, is rough. It's yeah. rough. It's scary. Yeah. And they like hold hands while they're disintegrating. Yeah. It's like, this is terrible. Yeah. Here's, was, here's mm-hmm. a thought that I uh, like at the beginning when. So I know that Lydia is, she's a good person because she cares about uh, the Maitlands. She also becomes a victim later, but she is absolutely insufferable as a human being. And also her entrance is she is sitting on like a chair and is literally brought in by the movers. Right. Like, this is the type of human as that is just like, as possible. Care, carry me into the house. Yep. And she's gothed out of her mind, and too. And she's wearing constant. this veil. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> and her poetry, or like her suicide mm-hmm. note, and yeah. her like poetry, I'm so alone. And then she, I am I'm utterly... So, like, I'm re- yeah. the, the fact that she revises it, like, I appreciated that joke because right. it's a serious... Th- Thing for a character to do. Oh, absolutely! But then they throw that in there. It's like, but she's also very theatrical and she's image conscious. Kind of her, the dot, her, you know, mother's, mother's daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah, it's also realistic. Like sure. I have written poems when I was really young that I took totally okay. seriously mm-hmm. about, like how some chick broke my heart and like the world will never be the same because of it. And when you read them as an adult, you're like, this fucking oh, idiot. Jesus. This yeah. poem's so stupid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me change that verb real quick. Exactly. That's what will sell this poem. But uh, 
Does she? She doesn't attempt. She just says she's she gonna says kill she's herself. She says she's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe she because she's realized be them. She wants to be a ghost. Yeah, it's kind of a different situation. She's not just a depressed teen. She's a depressed teen who has proof that the afterlife is real. Right. That's and different. Like her that ghost pal. <laughs> that yeah. is true. And she has surrogate parents who are also ghosts, theoretically immortal. Then, right. who are much better to her than her parents. So I think she just sees it as a lateral move. Like she'll live in the same house, but have yeah, the ghost parents. Yeah. Well, I mean, they dissuade her by. Saying like, look, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> we need a ghost PSA campaign. Yeah. It doesn't get better. No, it doesn't yeah. get better. As a ghost, you have to do the same yeah. fucking bullshit. Except now it's for eternity. Yeah. Like, uh, by the way, and I'll, you can touch stuff sometimes, but not other times. Casper rules. <laughs> You're saying, uh, but Alec Baldwin doesn't like this movie, and he blames himself for it. He says he's very unhappy with his performance in this. Movie. I think he's fine. I he's thought he was fine, fine too. He's very unbaldwin-y. Yeah. I think he doesn't like it because it's a it's an outlier for him. Right. Cause like he plays the straightforward good guy who's like a doting husband. And I have I can't think of another role where he's right. That. It's he's not he's uncomplicated. <laughs> he's not particularly assertive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is unusual for a That's Baldwin. That's what I think it was. He never drops into this register to say something. No, it's a complete, you're right, it's very un-Baldwin. Yeah, like he's a completely different person in this. This is 88, so like he beca- he had like a action movie mm-hmm. kind of, you know, After, time. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say earlier is about 88 is I, I think a kid being overly privileged would be interpreted differently in 88. Mm. Like... I'm thinking like the kid from Blank Check and stuff, like being rude to adults and adults having to work around you because you refuse to clean your room. You, that's supposed to make you extreme, right? And like mm. cool, like edgy. I really think Lydia is supposed to be the hero yeah. or the person that we're worried the most about. Because, I mean, I assume like structurally, which makes sense. Our real people we care the most about are dead already, so you need stakes. But so you want the family. You want them to be a family in whatever right, way. Right, like they she's can our be. into the. She's the first member of the family that mm. you like, and then as the movie progresses, you see that like uh, her stepmom and dad aren't really bad people. They're just kind of yeah, insufferable. Man, yeah. you yeah. know it's it's. But he didn't write the script, so I know this can't be like wildly intentional, but. It's so interesting because she's the most Burtony character, right? Oh, yeah. If oh, you yeah. imagine... She I, wears a funeral veil while writing a suicide note. And I don't know enough about his childhood other than seeing his shorts like Vincent and Frank and Weenie and stuff. Right. To know that he actually acted like this as a kid. But the guy you imagine making these movies, right, is a goth guy talking about death when he's 13, wearing yeah, a veil to probably. shit. Being Sketching weirdo, all this weird shit. And taking pictures. So I'm like... If you think of her as a filmmaker, because she's walking around snapping pictures, it's the same metaphor as uh, Edward Scissorhands, frankly, but it's like, that's Tim Burton, and he's saying, here I am in this perfect cookie-cutter world where everything wants to be modern, Mm. and they're renovating all this shit to just make it tacky, and I'm going to bring in Beetlejuice, Mm. literally this film, and bring the underworld into film. And in a lot of ways, it has the same morbid quality that Edward Scissorhands in that regard, where it's like this fish out of water. This movie makes makes the Art Deco stylist they're the fish out of water. Everything everything else, they're the abnormal ones. In Edward Scissorhands, he's the abnormal one. That's true. It's like there's a small sleepy town that's in a state of nature. City... 
people are coming to try and ruin it and make it like cookie cutter Hollywood. And he's going to say, no, I invoke Beetlejuice to prevent this movie mm. from being normal. Yeah. Which is good. I like that works. By the way, I was so happy. I mean, for, Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. He needed more time on screen, man. He is Beetlejuice. There's no one who would ever be better than him, I don't think. Oh, here come alternative But here are the alternative, and it's one of the best lists for this character I've ever... Like, when we do this from time to time... Mm -hmm. Like, who was considered, yeah. Yeah. Robin Williams. Okay. Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Tim Curry. Yeah. This is the outlier, <laughs> but I love both of these two. Jack Nicholson and Bill Murray. Actually, Jack Nicholson's the only one my I immediately thought would be on the list when you said there, right. that there's a list. Yeah. I, I think that they would do some, something very different, and I think the first four would yeah. do something very similar to what uh, Keaton did. Christopher Lloyd would probably land in a very similar place to where Keaton Oh, yeah, landed, and Robin Williams, are you kidding me? Yeah. You'd just yeah, be all over the place. But the ad-libs, because Keaton ad-libbed most of his stuff, the ad-libs, I, I've heard so many Robin it's Williams ad-libs that you can start to tell this is particularly a Robin Williams ad-lib, and that gets on my Yeah, nerves. yeah. Right, I don't That's think true. doing a lot of voices and stuff is really fits Beetlejuice. I'm also a huge Keaton, just like, I th proponent. You know, Beetlejuice needs to be kind of sinister. Right. It's hard to view Robin Williams as sinister, particularly when he's doing his manic beat. I yeah. do like Tim Curry, Who? too. Tim yeah, Curry yeah, would be of good. Of course. Yeah. Who's uh, last on the list? Uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, he'd make a, a meal job. out of it. Yeah, so totally. would Nicholson. They'd yeah. Do something a little different, but it would be a lot of fun. I could see Nicholson from The Departed. Wow. Actually, now I want to see Beetlejuice. Put into the departed, <laughs> like blowing cocaine on hookers and saying, "I've seen The Exorcist 160 times, and it gets funnier every time." And it keeps <laughs> getting funnier every single time yeah. I see it. Yeah. And then at the like the last shot where the rat walks over the thing, he just grabs the rat. And <laughs> he eats it. Yeah. 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 Okay, the, departed the scene, Beetlejuice mashup. The scene where he soon. lures the fly in with a zagnut bar that used to like mm -hmm. disturb me as a kid because right. of the concept of eating a giant fly. I think because it screams, "Help me." Which is a joke on the, the fly, fly, the original. But I yeah. didn't know that at the time. But you're like, why did they have to give the fly human feelings? Yeah, as right. it gets devoured and yeah. alive. Yeah, and then he belches. To me, because everything's out of scale. The Zagnut bar is about the same size as the fly, which makes <laughs> right. No sense. right, right, with but his tiny little hand. Imagining, I couldn't help but imagine. Okay, I'm the size of tiny Beetlejuice, uh -huh. biting into a fly like eyeball. Mm -hmm. Just how much fly I go filling your mouth. Oh, That's, it'd be everywhere. Yeah, oh. yeah. He, oh. And he, like, his and he stomach doesn't have, like, his hand is just a tiny little hand. That's what I mean, yeah. So he can't eat, consume an entire fly, but yeah. these are different rules. I oh, mean, he's a ghost. I Abe is our resident guy who actually makes films. Uh, I want to ask what you thought of that opening one or? Oh, that was very good. Right? That was very good. <laughs> I uh, I thought that there's got to be a passing off of the Steadicam at one point. Oh, oh, to, you mean passing hands? Cause because what we're talking about it is, turns into the miniatures. It's a wonder of the town that you s eventually realize is a wonder of the miniature of the town that the guy is building in the attic. I wonder how they did it, but I think it might be as simple as like pivoting in the model mm. in front of camera. 
as it comes through a window or yeah, something. Because I could not see like in 1988, I could not see the fade, which is right. such a hard thing in 1998 to not do. 88. The, yeah. 88. Uh, the, to get away with. They just made it very like to simple. slip a cut in is right. tough in So I wonder yeah. how they did it. They could have also animated something in between that was like an amorphous sure. in between thing, but it it looked really good. I just got to say movie currently out. You're going to see in a couple hours now. No spoilers, no mm-hmm. alert required. Hereditary. I could not stop thinking about Beetlejuice. Really? It's got a handbook for the dead in it. It's got other elements, and that's all I'll say. That's funny. But if you go in thinking about Beetlejuice, oh, and you've seen in the trailer, she builds miniatures, yeah. the main lady, like that's her hobby. Oh, she yeah. builds dollhouses, yeah. It's, there's like at least four other points of contact where I was like, oh, this is Beetlejuice if it were actually going as hard as it could to be scary, which is odd because it turns out Beetlejuice was originally that at mm. one point. What's your favorite scene in the movie, Tom? Or do you have one? Man. I mean, the dance scene is great. Meaning the final scene? No, the... Uh, oh, the Calypso the, dance with right, the shrimp yeah. cocktails. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, yeah, that and like the fir- when they first come down and meet Beetlejuice in the model. That shit is amazing. It's one of the best... Because the, the first thing he says to... He lifts out, out of the ground. Yeah. And his first line that he actually speaks to them is... Ah! <laughs> it's just a great it's not so really good. a line but like, kind of yeah but he he doesn't talk for a little bit he just kind of floats i like the burden might have been like and then you know ad live some say hi does it have to be a word you could just make a noise all right i got it wrong it's just a very good ah <laughs> uh, i can't do it justice another thing about the cartoon is he's totally not sinister and has no intentions for lydia which i think they had to change yeah like he's like her best pal like they're yeah, high school friends i'm yeah. not into that <laughs> oh, it's such a good show, though. <laughs> yeah, it makes him let because he's got to be salacious. You know, he's got to be this guy who's real bad all the time. Yeah, for this to work, you know, because he's like a bottom feeder. Right. What's your favorite scene, Abe? Or sequence? Um, uh, they just have a small, little, subtle arc with Catherine O'Hara how bad she is to like her help. You know, yes. like the movers. Right. And then just. The entire construction crew just like fucking over her sculptures and acting <laughs> yeah. like everything's fine. And they like they almost murder her. Yeah, physically. And it's like her. and they it, almost they almost kill them both. Like he's in yeah. the kitchen and it comes through the window. Yeah, like they're just so bad. They're, they're terrible job. movers. No, yeah. they're not terrible movers. They just hate them so much. Yeah. That's- I don't know if it justifies attempted homicide by a statue. Yeah. But like all of them immediately know at the same time. <laughs> so we're going to kill these people. <laughs> right? yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. oh it's man. A good scene. It's just, I was laughing out loud on that. All the uh, underworld stuff is good. The football team made me laugh a lot. Did you? I like. They keep calling her coach. And they're credited. <laughs> yeah, as that's right. Dumb football player, dumb football player, dumb football player, and very dumb football player in the credits. Yeah. Is the very dumb football player probably the one at the end? Probably who the one says, that interacts with the coach. The, oh, see, I thought know. it would be the one at the end who says, "Like, I think we died." died. Oh, maybe it is. I don't think we survived that crash. Like, guys. Still I don't think seen. we survived that crash. <laughs> so Gee, he, what gave it away? So dumb that he's thinks that this is his coach now yeah. and he doesn't <sighs> think about very it. Very similar to my favorite joke in all of Futurama is when Fry wakes up after some time travel and being unconscious and he says, hey robot, what year is it? Eh, 3000. It's 
like, he's a robot. That's yeah. your confirmation. Yeah. Because he knew he was either in 2000 or 3000. Right. And he asked the robot. Anyway, it's funnier it's in the episode. No, no, no. It's, it's good. It's, that's a really the, solid uh, joke. The shrunken head bit at the very end when Beetle just gets his head shrunk is a, I really enjoy that because, I mean, it's all Keaton's performance. It's right. because his trick, mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes, is so bad and, and obvious. Right. Like he ta- just drops his huge nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best part is putting his own number in the guy's hand. <laughs> he just drops it on his hand. <laughs> <laughs> just a loose piece of paper. Very bad at winking people. Yeah. He's just a very effective He's ghost. He's very shitty at Also, um, is it just me or uh, when, so when he shows how to be scary to uh, the Maitlands. And spider legs come out of his face, but you can't see what he did. Did you not think of UHF? Oh, yeah. I mean, not until you mention it, but that same joke happens. It's the same joke with licking on their back and you just see a bunch of nonsense. Coming out of his face and and they freak out. Yeah. Although they do in UHF turn around and you see that he's an alien. Yeah. Uh, But I just... It's also kind of the large Marge joke from Pee Wee. That's true. We... Should cover both of those at some point. Right. Speaking of adjacent films, because this film has such a unique tone and vibe, I wanted to just do a couple, like, have you seen them? First of all, uh, I don't know if Tom feels this way. I know Abe and I, if, like, if you tracked how much we like Burton, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, it's slacked off lately. Do yeah. you feel the same? I okay. do, yeah. Cause, and I think it is what yeah. we were talking about at the beginning, where it's like, he's no longer trying to be subversive. Like, the Alice in Wonderland movies are Ex- nail the same tone and look but then when you go and see them they really could be classified as children's movies nothing edgy happens in them that makes me scared for my children to see it mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's bad but I liked Burton when it was like whoa this is a kid's movie when he was when his movies were challenging yeah like because yeah. Beetlejuice is hard to classify Pee-wee's hard to classify um, Edward Scissorhands hard to classify like like all of his like great movies like the first two Batman movies yeah. um, Mars Attacks Mars Attacks so hard to classify we always forget it's him yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ed Wood that's uh, a great yeah. one I always forget great, that great um, film I think actually that point was made by a friend of the channel uh, Maggie Mayfish oh yeah on a podcast yeah the subversive quality of Burton right nice uh, yeah that it's sure. tapered off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, specifically. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just a shout out to her. But yeah. so Go watch that video. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and going earlier in his career, I just wanted to like shout out some obscure stuff. Not obscure at this point because he's so fucking famous. But I'm sure you guys have probably read the Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy. I'm aware of it. I okay, read it. I have. Not. It's a book of creepy fables, handwritten and drawn by Tim Burton, and they are really disturbing oh. and short and fun to read. Oh, and the cool. illustrations are awesome. Very evocative. And then uh, The Short Vincent, which we already mentioned, is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, his student film, which you can find on YouTube. It's an extra on one of the DVDs, too. I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas or something. Nice. And he wrote to Vincent Price and asked him, would you please do the voiceover? And he did it. So it's Vincent Price doing the narration. It's really cool. And that was his student film. And then uh, this is an adjacent guy, but who's the guy we always mention in connection with him? Henry Selleck. Selleck, yeah. 
Have you seen Slow Bob in the Lower Dimensions? No. Selleck's first major stop motion short? I've heard of it. But no, I, I, I was listening to the episode where you mentioned it. It's fucking weird, so I mention <laughs> it whenever we cover something weird, but everyone should check that out on YouTube. Slow Bob? Slow Bob in the Lower Dimensions, and it's uh, by Henry Selleck, who did all stop motion on James and Giant Peach and Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, that's right. It's like his student thesis film, and, and it's I fucking bizarre. Monkey bone. <laughs> I had a, yeah, I had a... <laughs> Well, I thought for a second, I was like, mm. maybe I haven't heard of oh, that. Oh, and Monkey no, Bone. No. I'll tell you who gave me the Monkey Bone vibe was the priest that's going to marry them. That guy's, looked, I fucking love that guy. And I know these are all... Uh, <laughs> he, doesn't he... To disappear, does he just he's disappear a, or does he just fire. start on fire? It's yeah. Like, there's like a fire. I like that he looks like... Like once... He kind of has the air like he knows it, this isn't super cool. Like he's like... Uh, I feel like there's a weird vibe in this room, but I got to get this wedding over with. <laughs> like, And doesn't Beetlejuice do the bit at one point where he's like, just skip that. Like, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Any answers what's required for, answers for, for this her? marriage yes, to I be official? Yes, I love of mine. Right. So I don't understand the ghost rules of what counts as a marriage. Could he have dressed up a cactus in a dress Maybe. and made it? He pulls up the and just finger is like, don't worry, she meant nothing to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the wedding ring he produces is on a corpse's finger, yeah, of course. That's great. It's so fucking good. delightful. Uh, I also want to... So there's a throwaway line in this movie that if I hope you guys remember because it makes no sense as to why, they, other than just Joker reasons, and it's one of my favorite things in the movie which is at one point Alec Baldwin mentions that he has a photo of Bigfoot yeah. oh yeah yeah and I'm like I want to see that movie. I want to see his right. photo of Bigfoot yeah like, how did you get that Alec Baldwin he's also very skeptical about the afterlife and magic existing so he seemed like the down-to-earth guy before he died so maybe he really has a real photo. I think of it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like an actual photo of Bigfoot. <laughs> Hasn't done anything with it. Yeah. The context is yes, he absolutely does. It was something that always stuck in my mind. This is something I want to get out real quick. Is how hard he knocks on that brick wall. Yeah. When he draws the door. Oh yeah. Like he really fucking hammers that brick wall. And as a it, ever since the first time I saw it as a kid until now, like every time I watch it, made your knuckles like, flinch. Damn, he's really. <laughs> It's because I think he he's let it, it have it. He was, it, it was made of something else. Yeah, else, probably. You know? Well, now the Deadpool 2's done the joke where landing on your knee as a superhero really hurts. I can't unsee that every Marvel movie where people land on Like when Black Widow lands yeah, in superhero, superhero pose, pose, you're like, her knee would be shattered. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't be able to. She doesn't even have superpowers. She's not playing soccer again. Right, <laughs> right. All right. Well, I have a wrap-up question, unless there's amazing stuff to bring to the fore before that. Oh, let's go ahead. Which is, I'm very antithetical to reboots. This is a movie I would be happy to see rebooted, and I think it's been long enough. Ideally with Keaton still. Mm. I don't know, but oh, like wow. I could see a new one. No. Tom's a no. No, no. Uh, I would try to give it to someone else, but I am struggling to think of who that would be. Aronofsky's Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean as the performer. Oh, oh, I see. I wouldn't want to give it to Tim Burton, but I don't know who could replace him. Right. So that's, that's tough, too. So uh, if yeah. you told me one that I was... Because I, hypothetically, I like... They're just It's such a bombastic world that uh, in the same way that you just mentioned Deadpool, like it could be rebooted just because it's it's just a series of nonsense anyway. So there's no like story or like... 
justice that happens right. in the movie. It's just a series of jokes. Well, other than a sad world. girl with crappy parents finds nice right. parents. Who but are I mean, it, the most reason <laughs> weird movie. The really reason is. I like this movie is that it's just wall to wall. Just I could see the character more Beetlejuice of Beetlejuice. Yeah. You know. Also, yeah. I just realized the end scene implies. I don't understand the rules. It doesn't matter. Because why are, are the football players now trapped in their house? And if they leave, they'll be in the netherworld. I don't know. Why are, they, why are they trapped in their house? Why they, are the they, football they, players there? Why are the Maitlands there? They didn't see, die in the house. They didn't die in that house either. They should so. be haunting that fucking covered bridge. Right. They should haunt that goddamn dog. They sh- that dog is the villain of the movie. Yeah, it is. Just jumps right off If of you that. don't remember, because it is like a thrown away detail... They would not have drowned except this dog maliciously, knowingly steps off a wooden plank and lets them well, plummet it, into it the water. It causes the accident and yeah. then steps off the plank that's keeping them right. like, up bye bye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just like. No, I think, I think this, my, uh, it's the same reason I reacted poorly to the idea of a RoboCop reboot is that I feel like this movie is very much of its time. Mm. Um, so I don't know that's if fair. you could... I don't see the point of doing it again other than I would love to see more of this character. I was going to say, then I guess what I want is for some old reels to surface of Michael Keaton just ad-libbing his Beetlejuice and Mm. a screen test for several hours. Sure. (laughs) That's what I want. Sure. I can get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's find that. Yeah. Let's let's, uh, make that thing be real. Everyone, if you find any heretofore undiscovered footage of Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, you know where to send it. That's all for this episode of Framerate. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Abe. For some reason, we didn't ask Tom to plug himself this episode. Either we were enamored with the fact that we had Tom over, or we're just bad at our jobs sometimes. I don't know. You can find Tom on Twitter at StartTheMachine, or on his joint venture with David Christopher Bell at Patreon.com slash Gamefully underscore Unemployed. A name here at Small Beans we're very envious of. It's just a great name and channel. They talk about movies and video games, and they deserve your love. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!